It's Tuesday, June 7th, 2022, and this is Talk Commerce. Have you ever felt like a kid in a candy store? Imagine if that was your day job. This week, we interview Ken Shankman, who has been running his family business since 1992 and is now on Big Commerce. Nestled in sunny South Florida, the Bolt Candy Store sees its staff as family and its customers as close friends. The Bulk Candy Store has been helping celebrate memorable events with sweets and snacks since 1992. Every day as a celebration and sharing those moments with the people they cherish is priceless. Whether you are ringing in the new year or just gathering to make merry, the Bulk Candy Store has all the sweet treats you need to make special occasions of your life exceptional. After all, candy is happy. And now, your free joke. What starts with W and ends with T? It really does, I swear. And now your free bonus joke. My friend Jack says he can communicate with vegetables. Jack and the beans. This week's episode is brought to you by Image Engine. Image Engine has been obsessed with website performance and has assembled a team from around the world, bringing together thought leaders in device detection, image optimization, and content delivery networks. Over time, they grew Image Engine into a fully featured image CDN, and in 2015, they began optimizing images across the web. Improve page load times by optimizing images tailored to the end user's device with their device-aware image CDN. See how easy it is to integrate your website with Image Engine. Try the Image Engine speed test at imageengine.io forward slash developers forward slash image hyphen speed hyphen test. My name is Brent Peterson and I'm your host. Please remember to subscribe wherever you download your podcasts. And now, talk commerce. Welcome to this very sweet episode of Talk Commerce. Today I have Ken Shankman. Ken owns the Bulk Candy Store, an omni-channel retailer uh, with online presence as well as retail presence in lovely West Palm Beach, Florida. Ken, go ahead, do your do a better introduction than I just did. Maybe tell us one of your passions in life and uh, your day-to-day role. Sure. Um, thanks for having me, first of all. Um, my name is Ken, as you said, and I am one of the owners of Bulk Candy Store. We are a family-owned business, and we have a presence online at BulkCandyStore.com. We also have the coolest uh, candy store you've ever seen in West Palm Beach, and we also sell candy at state fairs and festivals throughout the U.S. Um, in, in big places. On a personal note, I have a lovely family of uh, a wife and two children, and when I'm not hanging out at work or working, which is a lot, but when I'm on the rare occasion I'm not working, I'm hanging out with them or uh, reading or I love to get underwater. This is Florida. I love to get in the water and scuba dive. Yeah, cool. Thanks for that. Um, I, I'm always excited about candy stores. Um, 
and you don't see a lot of candy stores going. I'm sure you do see them going online, but you don't see them prominently online. So what makes your what make what is a differentiator that that you have that has helped to move you forward? We have a few that have been really good for us. Number one, longevity. We were one of the first candy stores online. We've been online since the early '90s. Um, when there were only two or three of us candy stores online. Nowadays, anybody you know who has a store can just go pop on a, a, a WooCommerce site or something. But um, we have longevity. We've been there a long time, and we're bigger than most of these guys who are out there. We have a very large, um, we have a very large warehouse, a lot of distribution capabilities, because we do not only, again, um, our store, but we do the fairs as well. That, that enables us to bring in a lot of product and a lot of variety of product to bring in. So it, so that's kind of a little edge for us. Uh, so uh, my experience with Bulk Candy, my, my grandparents and my great-grandpa both ran small grocery, small locally grocery stores. And uh, I remember when my uh, grandpa closed his store, he moved all of his extra stuff into their basement and we could all always go to their house and they had bins full of candy that we could fill up bags with uh that's the impression that i get from a bulk candy store what what is it like with in your retail store we're we're sort of like that we um a lot of stuff is packaged because we have to ship it online obviously so a lot of things are packaged but we have a section where we allow people to pick. We're not like the stores that everyone thinks of where you take a scoop and you kind of scoop it in and take it out. We have anything that's unwrapped, like gummy bears, we sell in pre-packed eight ounce bags and everything that's wrapped, you can come in and pick what you want. This way it's a little more sanitary, especially in these times. And um, you don't get the problem of someone walking in and buying three pieces of gummy bears and walking up to the register with that. So they still walk up with three pieces of Tootsie Rolls, but at least they haven't stuck their hand in three things of gummy rolls, of gummy bears. But that's pretty much the same thing, except for the unwrapped stuff we like to put in bags. So you mentioned that you started back in the 90s. Uh, what, mo- what prompted you to move online as a retailer? <clears throat> um, the, the company actually started with my brother um, years ago. He had started selling drinks and then he started selling icy at state fairs and festivals and i was at the time when he was doing this i was one of those dot-com millionaires if you remember a time back then when the web first came out and everyone was going to be multiple rich and everyone started websites and i was on uh i was vice president for a company that was doing new age things so candles crystals aromatherapy and um you know, I was a multimillionaire for 45 minutes, and when I was able to sell the stock, eventually it was worth, you know, $6. Um, but um, when we were doing well on, on uh, the candy store was doing well, and I said, well, let's just take our shopping cart that we built for this company and move it over and start selling candy on there as well. And then after a couple of years, I kind of left everything else and came over here, and we've been growing the online business ever since. And what did you start on? What what platform or how did you start doing online? We started um, with this with a handwritten shopping cart that we wrote ourselves at ASP. You're talking the late '90s, early you know, and it was a it was literally a homemade shopping cart that one of our, our a bunch of our developers built. That when that company went down, I brought over with me, and I would literally patch it and write it myself and keep going, and then. At some point, the security concerns became too much. Like any, so we 
moved, we said we have to move to a pre-made platform. We moved to um, an ASP.NET solution for a while, um, which worked for quite a while. And then we decided to switch over to Magento, which I thought would be a little bit easier to use because it was an open source platform. And you went to Magento, and uh, and now you've migrated on to BigCommerce, is correct? It's correct. Um, with the changeover from Magento 1 to Magento 2, we felt that BigCommerce was a much better choice for us. Um, and and really, um, going with a, an, an open source platform, when I first started it, I didn't realize what it meant for us. Open source sounds wonderful, but it really ultimately meant that we needed a developer in-house. There are, if you want to do just the basics, it's wonderful. If you want to do a basic theme and you want to do a couple of basic things, but when you want to start modifying and adding and doing things, um, it meant I had to have someone here to do it. And that got costly. And it also got, um, it also started to cost money outside of the developer because we'd say things like, we need this feature. Well, we have to wait, for, I have to integrate it. It's going to take a while. It's going to take a month or two. and even on top of that, it's like, well, let's wait for the next version of Magento to come out. And then Magento 2 came out and it wasn't stable. And she kept moving along on that one. So eventually we decided it was time to switch um, to, to no longer have a developer in-house to find something we could deal with. And we chose BigCommerce. And have you found the ease of use? Uh, <coughs> um, I, I, I'm going to assume you found maintenance to be less expensive, but ease of use has also come along uh, from big commerce compared to Magento. Yes, um, to the to, to um, yes. In all in all fairness, I would say that, and, and I think you're aware, we didn't just transition ourselves from Magento to big commerce. We had an agency work with us, but um, the transition was smooth. And then now I can see the real benefit to big commerce because it's sort of like um the way i describe it is it's a little bit open source a little bit pre-made i it's i can get in there and do what i want without having to tackle the back end too much but if we need customization it can be done as well so that's really what i like about it i have i have literally people here who don't you know don't know how to program don't know how to do stuff i can have them make changes on big commerce which is something i could never do before which is really nice and and if you tried to replicate some of that experience that you have in your retail store to your online store, we have what we're. What happens is we actually take lessons we learn from the website, and try and bring them to the forefront in the candy store. So as an example, um, there's a new product trend: freeze dried candies, and freeze dried candies are really an online phenomenon. They're all over TikTok and. Instagram, and if you don't know what I'm talking about, think astronaut ice cream, but now with Skittles. And so instead of becoming, you know, small, they, they puff up and caramels get really big. And we've, that um, product has been going crazy online. So now we built an entire section in our store around it. Wow. Okay. So dive into this freeze dried ice cream. I guess I can kind of envision it because I used to go on camping trips as a kid. Right. So is it sort of a, a mushy or a, um, a foamy thing that you can kind of bite into 
No, that's actually the cool thing. When you take um, candy in particular and freeze dry it, most things like ice cream or steaks, when you freeze dry them, they pretty much keep the same shape, but they get crunchy and you can take them like a steak. You can take it after freeze drying it and you can throw it into water and it rehydrates and it's steak. Candy's a little different because there's so little moisture in it. When you freeze dry it, which basically the process is you freeze it down to a very low temperature, like negative 10 or 20. Or, or, or more, and then you slowly warm it up, and as you're warming it up, all the water turns quickly to vapor, and a vacuum pulls it out. Well, there's so little water in candy that the vacuum not only pulls the water out, it actually changes the texture of the candy. So Skittles go from being, you know, little shiny oval things to big, crunchy things where the middle explodes out of them. Or um, caramels, you know, little square caramels, get about that big so two three inches tall and have kind of the texture of a cheeto wow i have to, i'll have to experience this this sounds fascinating i'll so, i'll send you some yeah so this the, i mean i guess from the uh from the cold experience it sounds like your typical uh january day in minnesota uh, <laughs> but the, so the the process then is um it can be done on any type of of candy no, only certain candies work for some strange reason. Um, things like uh, saltwater taffy caramels, they do great, but you throw a Swedish fish in there, doesn't work. Yeah, Swedish fish Swedes, and a couple of others don't work. The Swedes are already cold enough. That's probably why. <laughs> it's probably why. You're exactly. <laughs> right. uh, um, so uh, maybe a little bit more about your experience um, in moving from one platform to another or just sure. going through all these <laughs> platforms. How, how was your experience in doing that? This was probably the smoothest transition we've done. Um, and again, I'm going to give credit to the agency, but um, they took a lot of our data and moved it over. But I can see even if we didn't have their help, it, it would have been harder, but it would have been doable. There's a, there are importers that help import the product and, and get everything set up. Um, where they were really helpful was in taking some of our customizations and bringing them over um, into big commerce. And once we got here, the theming and everything else, it was... Um, wasn't as difficult as I would have imagined, which is nice. And really, the the really nice thing is the learning curve for the staff on big commerce is not very hard. Um, people picked up right away how how to do things. Things are pretty organized. So that part of it is that part is typically the the most difficult part is 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 the not the transition itself because that's the data part, but the getting everyone else to know how to use it. And um, with big commerce itself, it's very easy to use um, and then the tools that we threw onto it um, that most people here use like our shipping software those were also easy enough for everyone to transition pretty smoothly um, have you been able to find all the appropriate integrations that you've needed uh, has there been any roadblocks that you've had in terms of just integrating with different pieces actually no that's the beauty of this i i I kind of coming from Magento one in particular, where you know everything was a plugin and, and and you could buy plugins, but everything was really distinct and, and sort of on its own, bespoke if you will. Um, in big commerce, it seems like there's this sort of vibrant ecosystem of plugins that all um, are the that all want to talk to each other, and that's really cool. So, for example. Um, one of the big problems we had before was um, was some of the issues with shipping. We were able to integrate Shipper HQ 
that fixed a lot of that. And I can go into those if you want. But Shipper HQ fixed a lot of those, and Shipper HQ also integrates with ShipStation, which is what we're using for doing our, our printing our labels. And the whole thing integrates with my inventory software. So what we found that the integrations we needed were available, and really nicely, everything kind of talks to each other which is um, without us having to do anything. You literally go in and go, okay, put in an API key, and you put the key in, and poof, it works. That is a that is a game changer for us. And have you, um, are you are you aware of the concept that uh, Big Commerce has called open SaaS? Are, are you familiar with that concept? And that's kind of like what I, yeah, that's kind of like what I was thinking before, is that it's open SaaS and that it's, it's not, um, it is SaaS, but there's some flexibility in it. You know, I can go in, um, e even simple things like um, making changes to individual product pages, which is something I would have um, found difficult before anyone can do. I mean, they go in and there's little, you know, there, there are little drop-in widget areas on individual product pages. And the ability to integrate and, and have these integrations just flow in, it, 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 is, it, is, it was literally a game changer for us. So yes. And how many people uh, do you have that are just on a day-to-day -day basis just working in your back end to help help make products and help push products out? Do you have a lot of uh, staff that are working on that or is it a small team? It's a it's a small team that works specifically on just the website but a larger team that works overall on products. So I have a I have someone, for example, who handles all of our pricing and products, and that really cuts across everything, not just online. Um, but but she kind of works online as well because she's doing all the product and pricing for that. Um, and I have four or five people who work exclusively on the website, you know, on our marketing, on our programs on the website, on shipping, and, you know, there's five or six of us who do, who do sort of just website work. And no one really does anything just in a small business. Yeah. <laughs> have you been able to shift some of that uh, dollars? Let's say the money you, you would have had to spend on, on upkeep and patching. Uh, have you been able to shift that into marketing? Absolutely. We've been able to shift a lot of money away from um, other things into in, into marketing because um, it, it's not just the, the upkeep and the SaaS. It's, um, it's everyday things so i'll give you a simple example one of the partners that we have ship uh, i mentioned shipper hq before we used to have the people used to be able to order from us on our magento site and they used to be able to say i want to pick up in the store and we're in west palm beach florida as we said and i have people from ohio wisconsin colorado they all want to pick up in the store what does that mean? That means that now I've got to get a hold of the person. I've got to talk to them. We've got to have someone verify, you know, talk to them and verify that they really, what are the odds they're going to be in Florida next week to pick it up? No, they made a mistake. We either lose the order or we have to go through and charge the order. Simple things like that are, are gone. And a lot of that in particular has helped us save a lot of time on um, and money that we can now use to do advertising and, and, and helping to build our brand. So we've started expanding not only uh, the markets that we're in, um, some of the uh, some of the other marketplaces we're in. We're starting to expand advertising, for example, on TikTok and starting to do more advertising on Instagram and Facebook. Not only are, while we're also on, on Amazon and Walmart and everything else. So yes, it has given us dollars and time, which of course time equals dollars, to move forward. 
Um, I know that our friend uh, TJ Gamble has had uh, some interviews with you, um, has has talked to you about the, the on video. Uh, how have you seen video help your business? You mentioned TikTok, Instagram. How, how have you seen those, those things help your business and drive some traffic? Well, the real nice thing is, um, I would say, not enough, which is, which I look at as an opportunity. We're a very visual business with candy. We do candy, we do popcorn. We just started breaking into that this year. Um, a lot of TikToks been a big help for us um, and driving some traffic. Um, we've had one TikTok go viral, which I don't, I don't understand TikTok, to be honest. It's just a woman taking a four-foot, I mean, a four-pound um, four four peanut butter cup and turning it over, basically. And that has eight million views on TikTok. Um, but that stuff starts to drive traffic. So we're really investing a lot more time in video now. It's one of the things that we hadn't had the time or the, um, or the people to do before. And we have seen the power just through the, just simply through the video series that I did with TJ, the amount of traction that's put both on the website and on my LinkedIn <laughs> shows the, the, uh, how much this thing really can, can grow. And, we're just starting to really tackle it, and I'm looking forward to it being a big supplier of traffic and revenue. And do you, so you mentioned LinkedIn, do you do some B2B traffic as well as, as part of your business, B2B? We did not do a ton of it. We had a lot of um, event specialists or, or our B2B, so people who were buying for parties, and that was pretty much they were buying on the retail site with some extra, um, you know, they would get an extra discount over covid we changed our when, when when COVID hit. We changed our strategy a little bit because those people obviously weren't there anymore. So we did start to do more corporate work. We've now picked up a number of corporate clients. So we do intend to start aggressively marketing um, some of the corporate things we have to do. But again, um, that'll be on LinkedIn where I'm just starting to grow. Like you know, I'm, I I kind of just left LinkedIn alone for a while now. Now I really like it. So we're going to start pushing on LinkedIn a little more. And, Start really pushing that side of the business. Um, the the big thing is, and I've said this all the time, and I blame TJ for this in a good way. Um, with the crossover from Magento to Big Commerce, came a whole lot of tools. So we got um, a new shipping new shipping software. We got a new inventory system. We got a new subscription service, a new pop up service, a new email service. And even though it's been a while, we're still gradually getting our feet wet in each of those. And that's really where we're spending our time is getting just simply using those tools first will, will should benefit us so tremendously that we're looking to expand. Um, let's talk about subscriptions for a little bit. I, I know that a lot of um, a lot of retailers can benefit from subscriptions, but a lot of uh, D2C especially don't may not understand that they have something that is subscribable in their store. And it sounds like you've had success with subscriptions um maybe some what what made you move or decide to do subscriptions and what kind of success have you had in that the subscriptions are relatively new to us it's one of the things that we talked about two years ago when we first with that developer and it was one of those things that we have to wait for magenta whatever so now that we have it we're just starting to get um with it and we're loving it um there's really we have a product that lends itself to it in some ways. If you look around, for example, um, popcorn is, is is one of our biggest sellers. And we have what we uh, call a gourmet popcorn sampler. 
So once a month, we send you four or five bags of our of our latest and greatest flavors, or some of our old-fashioned great ones too. Um, but that is something that's it, that's been around for a while, and it lends itself very well to subscriptions because people want variety. People want to try it. There are a lot of candy subscription services out there. We're toying with that, and then we're we're looking is uh, is a little different from a lot of our other um, competitors would be sort of an Amazon style subscription service as well on products. Um, we have a number of products that are not common. They're not things that people buy all the time throughout the candy world, if you will. And we're going to start offering people subscriptions on them and say, hey, you want these? Subscribe now so you make sure you get them. And we'll give you, know, and, and for that, we'll give you 10% off. It's it's a new area for us. The, the, the gourmet popcorn box has gone very well for us. We're getting subscribers every day. And we're adding over the next week or two, we'll be adding two or three different boxes and starting to add more product to it. Um, how would you recommend a merchant start by looking at their products and deciding what would be the best for a subscription? I think it's it's twofold. It's looking at products, number one, that people buy consistently over time. So in our case, um, for example, orange Tootsie Pops. It's an odd thing, but we actually take, we get Tootsie Pops in 40 pound cases, basically, and we physically separate the Tootsie Pops. And we sell just the chocolate, just the cherry, just the orange, the grape, whatever. <clears throat> and I've noticed that those people tend to be very often repeat buyers. So for them, we're going to start a program that says, you want to buy your orange Tootsie Pops? Set it up to buy every two months because then it makes it easier on them. So we'll look, so the first thing we do is look for products that are that are bought repeatedly. And then the second thing that we're doing, like like with the popcorn, is looking at what popular products we have and how people, how we can get more, get that in front of more people. And subscription is really a good way to do it. So I mentioned freeze dried is a big one for us. Freeze dried is very popular. A lot of people may know, for example, freeze dried Skittles because that's really popular, but they don't know the rest of it. A freeze dried sampler kit that we're working on right now gives them the opportunity to try. A variety of things so that's really we're going we're saying okay what what do they keep buying automatically and what are they starting to buy now and they have questions on and that's really the big thing for us and and it helps if you look around to what other people are selling yeah and do you give them do you get so you, you do sort of a um, subscription box or a sampler box do you give them a chance to put some regular things in and then give them a surprise every month or something well, we actually, we choose what's in there so far um, because we want them to get what's the latest, greatest, and freshest. Um, so we choose what's in there, and they seem to be happy with that because it, it's always a mix. It's always a nice mix. If We um, we could let them choose a thing or two, but um, right now the surprise seems to be fun, and most people seem to be really happy with it. So we're going we're gonna to stick with that. We do a, um, we've done that with other products where, like, we have a sampler box it's called the gourmet popcorn sampler where it's just 12 bags of pie it's not a recurring thing it's just a 12 you know get 12 and that one we found that most people go send me what you got but there is a case where they email and go hey can you include these flavors because i want to try them and that's great that works so i suspect if people were start emailing and going hey can you throw this in my popcorn of the month we'd do that I have to ask you about some of your products that you have um the bob okay. ross positive energy drink <laughs> Yes. 
it, where do where do you find these things, and and how do you get people to know more about them? So the interesting thing about um, the Bob Ross stuff is it's relatively new to us. We, for a long time, we do a lot of nostalgic candy, and we did a lot of candy by color for events. And what's happened is as the candy by color has dropped, we've noticed you know a shift, and we started buying from some different companies that we weren't buying from before, and one of them in particular offers a variety of novelty items uh, and they have and, and they're all licensed so they have um the golden girls license they have bob ross they have the office and we just tried those on a whim we just said okay we're going to buy a few of these things and they hit in the store right away so we said we're going to start heavy promotion of them online front page exposure whatever and they really do well now um a lot of it has to do, and, and the reason we sell it well to back up a little bit, the reason we do we do so well that I believe is um is SEO. Um, our site's been around a very long time, and one of the things that I'm real happy with with um, big commerce is that it does do fairly well with SEO right out of the box. So a lot of these items that, that are new, once we put them in, put nice descriptions in, we actually wind up getting decent rankings of people are finding them, and it is really a trend. Bob Ross is really hot. Um, all kinds of these little things and that's been a change for us because that takes it, it it's different things you know we go from selling an order of you know 50 pounds or, or 20 pounds of this rock candy 10 pounds of that item 10 pounds to i want five bob rosses and this and that so it's but it has been um it's been wonderful to watch <laughs> yeah so i saw you have a ted lasso energy drink as well which is a fantastic program uh one one brand that I thought would be great that I haven't seen, there's a show that's called The Increasingly Poor Decisions of Todd Margot, and they have um, Thunder Muscle as a drink. It's from North Korea. Um, I suppose the way the show portrays the drink would make you not want to sell it, but it also may may want make people want to buy it. <laughs> well, I, I will... Um... I'll put that in front of the manufacturer. They actually, the company that manufactures it, it's called Boston America, and they have a lot of licenses and they go through them a lot. So I'll find it. I wouldn't be surprised if they don't have that already. They're very quick. Yeah. <laughs> they picked up Ted Lasso right away. But you also, you'd be surprised at what people buy. We sell an awful lot of bugs. Um, I sell crickets and larvettes, which are basically freeze-dried worms. Um, and I had someone walk in the other day with the gum um, from Canada that I'm looking to pick up because it was so unique. It's called Thrill Gum. We, it, and it's just to give you an it's a lavender flavor sort of. And on the box it says, still tastes like soap. <laughs> wow, that's so thrilling. You, and, and, and it's a big seller apparently in Canada. So uh, people buy weird stuff. We have um, one of our up and coming little sellers are, are tardigrade mints. I'm not sure if you're familiar with tardigrades, little water bears, or little kind of weird you know, microscopic creatures that are very popular now. And they, and those have been selling out ketchup, um, ketchup candy, pickle candy, bacon candy, all those yeah, things. I don't, get, I don't get ketchup, but I can see bacon. <laughs> oh, they make all kinds of weird stuff. Um, one company produces um, all, you know, they make lobster candy. They make um, mac and cheese candy. They even make sardine candy canes. Okay, that's, people, that sounds pretty gross. It does. Uh, what is the grossest candy that you have? The grossest? Probably, well, the grossest I've seen is probably the sardine candy cane or the clam candy cane. Um, the, there are always the worms. 
There's the worms and the crickets, um, which are, in my mind, you're just, a lot of people eat them, but they're not for me. Uh, you can get them chocolate-covered, though, or chocolate-covered ants. Um, and then there's a lot of sour stuff. You know, people like toxic waste and warheads, all these different sour candies. Those are those are really hot. And then I think the other big trend now is is, is, is hot candy, spicy candy. I have um, spicy candies becoming really, really um Big these days, we're starting to produce a little line of chocolates in house with some some heat in them. We just introduced a hot and spicy popcorn box that has five flavors of you know buffalo crunch and spicy nacho and all those things. It's hot and spicy is big now. My my experience in Mexico is that crickets are very common, especially as an appetizer or in your salsa. And even I've had uh, crickets with bone marrow tacos as a as a Ooh. as a as a lunch item uh, in Mexico City, so I can see the popularity of crickets, especially. I think I think the U.S. has an aversion to bugs, but a lot they of the do. world loves bugs. I know, it's high protein. And yeah. but the thing is with the crickets, when you eat them, did the legs get stuck in your in, in your teeth? <laughs> you can you can have cricket toothpicks then. Exactly, exactly. Um, how about uh, is it possible to do kosher bacon? Um, turkey bacon, I guess, but yeah. yes, we actually, um, strangely enough, some of the candy canes and some of the candy that we sell is bacon flavored and kosher. Right. So they just get so, that flavor in there. Yes. You can, you can dream about it. In fact, I had, I have bacon flavor powder that we use for the popcorn that right it right smack in the middle of it is a kosher symbol. <laughs> so, um, yeah, you so um, I guess you know we have a few minutes left here. Um, as if you, if you had some good advice for retailers um, that that really would love to get online, but are stuck in their little store, and let's just say it's candy, or let's just say it's trinkets, or whatever it is, how would how would you get them? How would you advise them to just get started? Well, I would say if it's candy, don't come online because it's mine. Um, <laughs> but um, what I would tell them is is do your research. Do your research first. Find out what. Um, look at your competition. Look what you're up against. Make sure. Make sure you can afford to do what's right. You know, if you're a little tiny store and you can't compete with the big guys, it could be a problem unless you can find your own niche, your own uniqueness. Um, and then do your research. Find out what the best way to go online for you. Because the biggest mistake I've seen some people do, and I have friends who've done this, and they don't come to me until after they're in a mess. Um, they don't research what software they really need. So they start off, for example, in a WooCommerce. And no, no bad, nothing bad about WooCommerce, but it's not for everyone. They, you know, they, don't, they don't get it right or they don't know what they're doing and they don't know how to take their pictures. And I tell people, start off small, but have the end goal in mind. If you think you um, want to build a big store, then get yourself the help you need, whether it be a development agency. Some people use high school kids, which... You know, um, whether it be a big agency or small agency, but find someone to help you. Make sure you can take good pictures. Make sure you have what it takes to grow. Because too too many times these guys start off with these little tiny dinky websites, and then they can't grow because they don't know what to do, and they're not making any money because they don't look as good as they could. So it's worth the initial investment, taking your time. Um, go um, go to YouTube, look for videos on the various. Um, shopping carts that are available, for example. So I, I spent a lot of time doing that before we made the transition to big commerce. And the way that I actually found the Jamerson team was because I found some videos that, that TJ had put out 
that said, here's what Shopify is good at, here's what BigCommerce is good at, here's what Magento is good at, good and bad of all of them. And based on that, I made the decision that BigCommerce seemed like the best move for us. But for a lot of people, it might be Shopify, it might be WooCommerce, it might be whatever, but that's really, it's that starting. It's people don't spend the time they need to get started and to do the research, and then all of a sudden they're trapped in a scenario they don't know how to handle. That's number one. And then number two is be prepared to spend time. You know, be prepared to spend time on it and pushing it and growing it. And um, and finally, the last thing would be, would be don't shy away from uh, other channels, your Ebays, your Etsy's, you know, because they're a nice sideline. We do a lot of business on Amazon, Walmart, and Etsy right now. And um, that that complements our business. It doesn't hurt our business. It complements our business. So you use your big commerce backend to drive traffic through Etsy. Um, we are in the, right now. We use. We don't have the traffic coming through big commerce yet. It's one of those things that we. When we moved, we made the conscious decision to keep Amazon and everything else running on its own for now until we got big commerce to what we wanted, and then we're going to start flowing the things through big commerce. But yes, that is the ultimate goal. It does make it easier. You have one point of, of, of entry, if you will. Um, our inventory system that we're using allows us to push inventory to everything at the moment, so it's not a big deal. It's still keeping. But we have software. We have uh, apps on big commerce that we're slowly converting over so that all the orders come through big commerce, so I've got one point of contact, so to speak. So yes. just a small technical question then. Um, when do you think is the good time for a merchant to switch to an ERP from just their either their e-commerce store or or spreadsheets? And I'm assuming you, ERP right. is just a, is a fancy yep. way of managing your warehouse. Yeah. Um, when they can't handle it anymore, <laughs> and 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 it sounds trite, but um, you know I know some people who handle you know, 20 products and they sell so much they can't handle it, they have to go to an ERP just, in, you know, um, for ordering purposes. In our case, um, we we started about eight or 10 years ago, maybe five, six years ago with a, with a different ERP and moved. Um, I think it really becomes to the point where you're spending more, it, it really becomes a time issue. When you're, when, when you're spending more time looking at, when when Magento is holding or, or or big commerce is holding your inventory and you're spending more time trying to figure out how to do that and how to order off and everything else, it's time to move to an ERP. The good news is the ERPs now are so some of the, especially some of the simpler um, inventory packages, they're they're really easy to use, they're very comprehensive, and they integrate with everything. And that's really the big push as I tell you know, again I've got a friend who sells magic supplies and he keeps them all in his garage and he's got maybe 25 or 30 things and maybe three of each. So he just keeps a spreadsheet and he's happy, you know, when he's, cause he doesn't sell, he sells one or two things a day. When you're selling 50, 60, 70 things a day and, and, and it becomes a hassle, that's the time I think you want to go find a, a, a an inventory software. And uh, what, what GRP did you choose? We chose something called Finale Inventory. It's not really one of the ones that people think of for e-commerce. Um, there's there's um, some other ones out there like Skew Vault and, Br and Bright Pearl, which are good. There are certain features of Finale that for us made a lot of sense because of our business, because of the other parts of our business, in particular the fairgrounds. I need to be able to sell product in multiple ways. Um, so for example, um, 
I take a product like um, gumballs and I may sell a case to a B2B customer, but I would sell a two and a half pound bag online, but I need an eight ounce bag for my fair customers. So we, we have a lot of complexity in how we break our product up. So we're a little more convoluted than what um, some of the other off the shelf e-commerce can use. So we use that, but um, there's tons of basic, wonderful software there. And I'm not just in Finale, I love. It, it's one of the beautiful things that we found actually is that most of the software we've, we've gone into, um, maybe it's just because I had it harder before, but almost everything we've gone into now has made life so much easier that we really like what, what we're using. And that goes across the board for, you know, Clavio and ShipRateSQ and ShipStation and, 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 and these guys as well. Great. And okay, one last question then. You do sure. have fantastic pictures on your website. Is there a, anything anything special you're doing that you could say to a non-candy retailer <laughs> on taking uh, great pictures? Um, no, we, we do them in-house, um, and we spend time on them. Um, we have a whole room devoted to photos, and we're still learning. Um, we did a TikTok video the other day, and, and, and the lighting was absolutely atrocious, and we shot it like eight times until we finally figured out how to do the lighting. Um, but really, it, 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 it's a simple investment. For most things, you can get one of those little photo boxes or something, or, but it, it's really a matter of setting it up and, and, and playing with it. But good photos make all the difference. Um, we take the time to take the photo. It's not difficult. There's so, much, and, and, and there's so much software out there now that there's no excuse to have a picture with a, with a garbage background. I mean, you can take a you can take a picture. You can as long as you get a good picture. If your background's there, you can make the background disappear. You can make all this stuff happen with um. You know, if you're fancy, you can go to Adobe Lightroom. Um, but there are other pieces of software that automatically do this for you, and there's no reason not to. But really, it's just it's taking the time to take the picture. Or if you're lucky and your manufacturer has a good picture, that um, they allow you to use that 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 helps a lot. A lot of times the manufacturers will give you, um, some of them will send you a link to their entire catalog and you can take out what you need and that's fine. I'm okay with using pictures, not descriptions. Right, I'll use manufacturer good. pictures, not descriptions though. Yeah, so write your own content, make it unique. Yes, exactly. Uh, Ken, that's, that, that's great. Thank you so much for being here today. As we close out, I give everybody an opportunity to do a shameless plug about anything okay. they would like to plug. What would you like to plug today? Well, um, I'd like to, uh, a, a quick, uh, I'm going to be nice and I'm going to, I'm going to give a shame, two shameless plugs. I'm going to take advantage here. One is going to be because we talked about TG and the Jamers and team. And if you are looking to up your website, I think they're a really good crew to talk about. So they didn't pay me for this. I just, I'm really thankful to them for giving us the tools to grow. And of course, you really should check out BulkCandyStore.com. Um, we have over um, thousands of kinds of candy. A lot of it you haven't seen since you were a kid. So we have a lot of uh, nostalgic stuff, a lot of unique stuff, a lot of really cool chocolates like the four-pound peanut butter cup and uh, over 60 flavors of popcorn. So um, try it all out. Come over, visit, you know, uh, tell them I sent you. We'll give you a special deal. All right. Yeah, I see that you have ch strawberry Charleston chews, which were a big favorite of mine when I was a kid. We'll, uh, so we'll get just you some. Right there are, are some great examples of why you need to go to bulkcandystore.com yes. and, and order some great candy. Ken, thanks again for being here today. You, I really appreciate your time. Thank you very much.
Thank you again for listening. My name is Brent Peterson, and it has been a pleasure to be your host today. Please sign up for our newsletter platforms at talk-commerce.com. Rate and subscribe to Talk Commerce wherever you download your podcasts. New shows out every week.